Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? The podcast that is your favorite podcast in the entire world because I'm better than anyone else at hosting, at producing, at editing, at anything. I'm the best podcast host of all time and there's no facts that dispute that so i'm just gonna roll with it from now until forever um but anyway this is what is a podcast a podcast that reviews other podcasts kind of and i talk to you about things that i feel like talking about about once a week at least that's what we're trying to do um so anyway i think i'd start this off with the internet and a lot of things that i want to talk about today are about the internet in some capacity But I wanted to start off with Twitter because yesterday or I think no, I think it was today that I actually tweeted it. But I scheduled the tweet Um, because if you use the app uh, Hootsuite, you can schedule tweets if you didn't know. And I have some tea that I'm going to be sipping throughout all of this as per usual. I'm usually drinking something while doing this just so I can um, I can keep my my vocal cords, you know, my larynx and my pharynx. Um, keep them lubricated. But anyway, I scheduled a tweet on the Hootsuite app because you don't have to use Twitter for iPhone or Android if you don't really want to. Hootsuite, though, I have to say, it's good for scheduling tweets, and that's what I downloaded it for, and I've been using it more recently. Just because, like, I have thoughts, but I don't want to tweet back to back to back um, over and over again. So I've been, like, trying to schedule tweets if, like, I think of them. Just have them scheduled for tomorrow or something. But Hootsuite, other than that, like scrolling down the timeline or like looking at other people's timelines, it's it's not that great for that. But scheduling tweets, it works perfectly well for that. Um, But that's not what I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to talk about a tweet that I scheduled for today, the day of recording. Um, It was a quote tweet by like a comic book website. And the comic book website said that Thanos is stronger than Captain Marvel from the Marvel movies and Marvel comics, right? They said that Thanos is stronger. And I saw a quote tweet that was from not the person who I cared about, really. But it was a quote tweet saying that, you know, this is a stupid tweet, basically. Basically dunking on the comic book website. So I quote tweeted the same comic book tweet. And I said that Thanos died twice in the same movie. Because if you've seen Avengers Endgame, and if you haven't seen it by now, I'm assuming you don't care about Avengers. Um, But in Avengers Endgame, Thanos dies at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie. We, We know this if you've seen the movie. So I said Thanos died twice in the same movie. And I thought that it wasn't like my best tweet. It's not the funniest thing I've ever come up with. But... It was like something I thought was passable as funny, right? So I typed that out. I put it in Hootsuite. I schedule it for the next morning. And like because it's the next morning, I didn't realize it was tweeted. And like as soon as I tweeted it, I got like a couple retweets or whatever. And then I saw on the timeline, someone who tweeted it before I even thought about scheduling it, tweeted basically the same exact joke. And it had like thousands of likes and retweets. And I was like, oh shit, I can't believe that this happened. It's not that like 
saying Thanos died twice in the same movie is not like a a groundbreaking take. It's not a groundbreaking joke, but it looked like from my perspective, and no one really cared other than me, from my perspective, it looked like I had stolen this popular tweet. And the person who tweeted it that went like low-key viral, um, it seemed to be like a Marvel fan account. I think like the the profile picture from the tweet had uh, like Captain America, like um, Steve Rogers. What's the actor's name? Uh, Chris Evans. Uh, I had like Chris Evans as their profile picture. So I'm assuming it was like a Marvel fan account. Um, But we'll see um, if anyone cares. And once I saw that, um, that tweet, it was like... I screenshotted it. I put it under my own tweet and I was like, oh shit, I wasn't the first one to think of this. I'm trying to like clear the air, even though like no one really cares, but trying to see, um, like just to see if people cared that they know I didn't steal the tweet. It was that it was like we both came up with the same joke. It's just one person did it first and they did it like better. Um, I don't like I don't want to steal tweets because like people work hard on their tweets and stealing tweets is like it's not creative, it's not innovative, it's not funny if people know you stole it. Um and I've had a couple of tweets in mind. I'm not like popular or anything, but I had a couple big tweets that have gotten stolen by um other accounts. But I just feel like if I steal tweets is like you're not following me. If you follow me off a stolen tweet, you're not following me because you like me. You're following me because you like other people's work. And I'm not gonna, gonna stand for that. Or I wouldn't feel good if I did that. And I felt weird about this fucking tweet. So, like, after I did it, I had to be like, okay, I need to do something, like, actually funny. Like, that's part of, like, my problem is, like, sometimes... Like, I'll tweet something that I don't think is, like, good. <laughs> and instead of deleting it, I'll, like, overcompensate and try to do something, like, actually funny. Um, but I took to Instagram, my the you know, the other app. Like, Twitter is, you know, the app where everyone gets their news and stuff. And Instagram is just, I don't know what Instagram is anymore. But I took to Instagram. And I posted like a long story talking about um, a trip to the dentist, like a trip to the dentist that I knew I can make funny. I had takes Um, and it was basically about they're trying to force me to get Invisalign. I don't want Invisalign. That's like the premise, basically. But I knew I can make that funny. And I knew that like if people actually watch it, people can like it. Right. Like they would like the story. And I typically don't do long stories very often. Like, I used to save that for Snapchat, but I don't get as many views on Snapchat as I used to. So, like, I feel like migrating all, like, the long-form shit to Instagram story. um, Because I could just reach more people that way. Um, But typically, I don't do a lot of, um... I don't do a lot of long-form shit on my Instagram story. I barely post videos to the timeline, either. Um, I tried out IGTV for a minute. Um, and I just, I wasn't feeling it like that. So I didn't <laughs> just took a sip of tea there. Um, I got some English breakfast with some almond milk. That's really hitting the spot. 
Um, but anyway, so I did that and I got like a good response and I knew that I did something funny that was like on my own, something that I created that was funny. So that validated me for the day. And I got like several people who like sent me DMs after, you know, like you can reply to like your Instagram story, like comment on it and it goes straight to your DM. Um, I got several people saying that like the story was funny or like what I did was funny. <clears throat> including a girl that I very much have a crush on. Like, I think everyone who sent me a message from that story was um a woman, but there's this one who I like have like a serious crush on and I don't think she knows and she might never know. And if you're listening to this somehow, if you know that I do stuff and you haven't told me that I do stuff on the internet other than Instagram, like cuz I only follow this girl on Instagram, I think. Um but if you know that I make like YouTube videos and podcasts and you haven't told me, then I guess. But if you know, if you think it's you, I just want you to know, and this is not me bragging, this is the truth, that there are multiple people who thought what I did was funny. You weren't the only one. So if you replied to my story about the dentist, you were not the only one. So you think it's, if you think it's you that I'm talking about, it might be, but we'll never know. You'll never know unless we actually become more than friends. But I doubt that. But I just feel kind of like weird about DMs because like I don't I don't romantically DM people, right? Like even like the girl that I have a crush on, like we've DM'd before. But like it wasn't romantic in nature ever. It's never been romantic in nature it's always been like kind of casual and um like fun or like a joke here and there but it's i've never slid into dms for anyone not just this girl that i think is very attractive but i've never really slid into the dms of anyone being like like trying to like ask someone out on a date or trying to be um you know, I'm not trying to flirt or anything like that. I've never done that. And I feel like I'm missing out because a lot of people are seemingly doing that now. Um, But like, even like, recently, it's been like, I've had people DM me, and I made a, a podcast segment about this a while ago. But um, when people DM me like, in like a flirtatious manner, um, and this doesn't happen very often, it's happened like a couple of times. But it doesn't happen very often. But when people do that, I just I don't know how to how to proceed or if I'm even reading this right or anything like that. But yeah, DMs are are a strange place, but I've been getting more of them because I've been doing more shit on Instagram story. Um, and like people are replying to them. Um, most of them are women, which is great for me. <laughs> like. If you think I'm funny, like the great thing about today is that the girl that I have a crush on, I have 100% confirmed, thinks that I can be funny, which is great news for me. Um, I'm a piece of shit in other aspects, but at least she thinks that I'm funny, which is great. Um, But what I don't like do is just like i'm not good at keeping like the conversation going through dms like dms are like a weird place that i haven't fully navigated like i text people um i tweet people but when it goes to the dms it's like 
I don't know what to do. Like the only time I could say that I have like had successful DM interactions are like like the business transactions. Like if you need someone's email address or like their PayPal or something like that, then I can um I can get that um what I can say. I can get the email, I can get the PayPal and everything is good to go. But when it comes to like um like romance or anything like that, yeah, it doesn't work out for me like that. But I don't actually do it either. Like I'm not out here flirting with women on the DMs. So I may I don't have practice in that area. I can't do it that well. Um so if you want to date me, if you're going to DM me, you might you might not succeed. You, you're better off tweeting me or anything like that. And I've always had a rule that I'm not going to take my conversation to the DMs unless what we have in public, meaning liking pictures, commenting on pictures, commenting on tweets, like what we have in public is solid enough that it's not going to be surprising if I DM you. Because the problem with DMs is that you can easily get embarrassed by someone screenshotting, you shooting your shot, and like putting you on blast. If what we have is public, then you're less likely to do that. At least that's what I think. Um, and the great thing about Instagram and the curse of Instagram, and why I think is a big reason Instagram took over Snapchat in popularity, is like Instagram doesn't tell when you screenshot. So you can screenshot DMs, you can screenshot stories, and no one knows. Of course, it's kind of weird to like screenshot like just someone's face or whatever. I'm um, keeping that, but no one knows. And I feel like with Snapchat, like when you screenshot, people take that to be like, please do not screenshot. And it was um, it's bad etiquette to screenshot. So um, what what happens now with Instagram and with Twitter and stuff is like they don't tell you that you screenshot. So everyone. um can screenshot and put you on blast. So I always want to have something public before we go to private. And like the times where like I have been like flirtatious in DMs or someone's been flirtatious to me, we've never had like that public um substance. Um so I've never really been um I've never really been into it. But I'm not like against like me like sliding into DMs or like asking someone out on a DM or anything like that, or asking for your phone number on a DM. So I feel like that's the way the world is going. Like we already have Tinder and Bumble, like that's basically DMs. Um, so I don't see a problem with that. I just haven't been able to execute. Um, but it got me thinking, or uh, like it's related to something else. Because um, if you're following basketball, there's a man named Kevin Durant. And there's a lot of talk about where Kevin Durant is going to play next season. He currently plays for the Warriors, but he could play wherever he wants. Maybe New York Knicks is what people are saying. And there's an analyst, uh, Chris Broussard, <clears throat> excuse me, who said that he was texting Kevin Durant for hours, right? And Kevin Durant said, no, you do not have my number. And Mind you, Chris Broussard is older than Kevin Durant. I'm actually going to look up how old he is right now. Chris Broussard is 50. And Kevin Durant is like 30. And Chris Broussard said that 
texting and DMing is all the same to him. It doesn't matter if you text or DM. That doesn't mean anything. Texting and DMing is all the same. And I thought that that was like, maybe that's like an older person's perspective. But for me, I was like, that's absolutely not true. A DM is less intimate than a text message at times because giving someone your number is like still a big deal. Like if your Twitter is public, if your Instagram is public, you're opening yourself up for DMs, right? Anyone who barely knows you can possibly DM you. If I give you my number, that means we're tighter on a level that you can text me and like it's not random. Like I can expect you to text me. But I just thought it was weird that like he's saying text and DMs is all the same. I don't think so. I think that there's still a different dynamic about like DMing and texting. Like even like one of my good friends, he DM'd me the other day because he was responding to my Instagram story. But other than that, like if he's not talking about the story, he's going to text me. He's not going to DM me and I'm not going to DM him if it's something that's like offline Like, if something happens or, like, if I see, like, one of my friends is, like, an Oakland Athletics fan. So, if I see something, like, Oakland Athletics related, I'm going to send it to him in a text. I'm not going to send it to him in a DM. Or maybe, like, if we were Snapchatting, I'd send him a Snapchat. But I wouldn't send him a DM. That doesn't make sense to me. But maybe I'm the stupid one here. I don't know. People might agree with Broussard and not for me, but we'll see who who's right here in the long run. But anyway, <clears throat> we have more Internet stuff to talk about. Um, the first one is very brief. Um, it's about Barstool Sports. You guys know that Barstool Sports? I have a love-hate relationship with Barstool Sports because Barstool Sports in a lot of ways is bad. And like the make Barstool Sports, like I know that women work for Barstool Sports, but I feel like Barstool Sports makes fun of women in a way that's like very outdated. Like women are not above criticism. Don't get me wrong there. But like the way they criticize women feels like very 2005 bro-y. <laughs> and like there was a post recently about a woman at a Yankees game posing for pictures that Barstool Sports um, posted. And let me be clear. If I'm going to a sports game, whether that's baseball, football, basketball, anything, I'm taking a picture. It might not be a picture of me, but I'm definitely taking the picture of the field or the court to show people I was there. And it's like, I don't get to go to games every day. I don't have season tickets anywhere. So if I go to a game, I'm going to po- take a picture. I'm going to post it. Granted, this girl was like modeling. She was doing like a photo shoot at Yankee Stadium. So it's a little bit different. But I feel like Barstool, like they make fun of women in a way that's like you really don't like women. At least that's how it comes off. Because if there's a hot girl and this girl was beautiful at a game, at a sports game, you would think that would be cool. Like you don't want a sports game to be filled with 100 dudes. Like how can you make fun of women taking pictures at a game? But then if you posted that on Instagram, you would like the picture of that woman at the game. Even if she was doing a photo shoot, you would still like those pictures because she's attractive. And if you how can you complain about women at the game? But then also, if there's no women, complain about it being a quote unquote sausage fest. 
You can't do that. And I feel like Barstool Sports does that a lot. Um, and they've... Like, some of the stuff that Barstool Sports does or that they put out is funny. But then there's a lot of things that are just like, why the fuck are you hating on this woman that's not doing anything? Or hating on this person? I remember, like, there was, like, um a person at the gym. It was, like, a video of a person at the gym. He was, you know, trying to lose weight. He was clearly, like, on the chubbier side. And Barstool Sports made a post, like, making fun of this guy at the gym. When, what the fuck are you going to the gym for if not to work on your body? But that's another thing. But I remember I made a comment on that. It was like, you're barstool. You're making fun of your own fans. <laughs> like, because you're making fun of people who clearly want to be more fit, more athletic. And then you're a sports adjacent blog company. I don't know. Like, you're making fun of your own people. Like, I just, I don't get barstool sports and I feel like I saw that thing about Yankee Stadium. And I'm like, this is why I can't put my support behind Barstool Sports. Even if a lot of what they do is funny, there's a lot of stuff that they do that is not funny. And I feel like it's just like, it's the same thing when like people say, like there'll be dudes on Twitter or dudes on the internet, <clears throat> dudes under like female stand-up comedians. Because I'm taking a sip of my tea. There'll be dudes that be like, women aren't funny. There are no such thing as funny women. And then you're com- going to complain about women not liking you. And women are funny, first of all. Like, there's probably women that have, like, had an influence on your favorite comedians in some way, shape, or form. Women are funny, first of all. But it's like, you can't make fun of women and then be mad when women don't like you. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Because you're not even doing it in like a playful way. So saying that like women aren't funny, it doesn't do anything. Um, But yeah, that's Barstool Sports. And why I just, I just, I can't get behind them. I just can't. Um, But anyway, I'm doing this thing. Because usually I have like notes of what I want to talk about on my phone. And I can't transition because I don't forget to write the transitions or how to transition or anything like that. Um, So I have my notes on my computer instead of my phone. And it took me a minute to find them because I was looking at Chris Broussard's age. Um, But yeah, I'm doing this now. So hopefully I don't have to keep looking at my phone and fumbling with my phone. I can just look at my uh, computer and go from there. Um, But anyway... A couple weeks ago, I think, and I meant to mention this on like a podcast, but the problem with like doing it on your phone is that sometimes you miss things. People on Twitter, it was like a week or two weeks ago, they were talking about how some people don't wash their legs. And I just want to say, wash your legs. If you sweat or get oil or do anything, which I guarantee you do. You need to take a shower and wash yourself. Use soap and water. Clean yourself, please. I, I, that's all I have to say. A lot of what needs to be said has already been said. But I'm going to give you the three reasons that you need to take a shower and wash yourself regularly. One is oil. Two is dirt. And three is a bubonic plague. And I think those are the only three reasons you need. Oil, dirt, and the bubonic plague. 
if the plague comes back, the people who aren't going to shower are going to get the, the first um, wave of that. Us showering, folks, we're going to be pretty much safe. So wash your legs, please. And we have to talk about the scandals. And I'm not talking about James Charles. I don't care about that anymore. I care about pro gamers now. And we have a guy by the name of Tfue, T-F-U-E. Real name is Turner Tenney, which is a Timmy Turner-ass name if I ever saw one. And I was doing some research into this last night. Not anything crazy, not anything drastic. But I was doing some research into Tfue. Because he's suing his professional gaming uh, organization. He's part of a group or a team called FaZe Clan. And I've heard of FaZe Clan. And I've seen people with like FaZe in their name. Like if your screen name is like Billy Goat. You'd be FaZe Billy Goat. But Tifu doesn't say FaZe Tifu. His name is just Tifu. But he's a professional gamer. He plays Fortnite professionally, and he was signed with FaZe, like he had an actual contract and all that, because pro gamers have contracts, even if you didn't expect that. Um, So he had a contract with FaZe, and he wants to get out of his contract. And he's been on the record saying that he wants out of his contract, and then recently, he dropped a lawsuit on FaZe, the gaming organization, and... It's been making a big deal. And apparently Tifu, because he does YouTube and Twitch and Instagram, he has upwards of 10 million on YouTube and Instagram, I believe. Um, he makes millions of dollars, allegedly. Like based on his revenue from Twitch, based on his revenue from YouTube, based on his revenue from professional gaming tournaments, he's a millionaire. And he's very young. He's like 21. And he was talking about how, you know, in his contract, his phase takes 80% of his profits. And the phase people, you know, they've fought back, right? And the leader of phase is this guy named Phase Banks, question mark. I'm pretty sure he's like the leader, the elder, all that stuff. But he's not that old. I don't think he's more than 30. And he has like neck tattoos and shit. He made a video and I had to watch it because I was invested in this this beef. And he was like, yo, we've never taken money from anything other than brand deals that they gave him, that FaZe gave him. But Tifu anyway, that FaZe gave Tifu the brand deals. They took money from that, but nothing else. So they didn't take anything from his YouTube revenue and take anything from his Twitch revenue then take any competition winnings. That's what he said. But apparently in the contract, there's an 80-20 split. So that phase gets 80% of the profit and Tifu gets 20%. But apparently they haven't acted on that part of the contract. And what doesn't make sense to me is he's saying that phase banks is saying that they never took money from Tifu's YouTube revenue or Twitch revenue. And... Well, the first thing that makes doesn't make sense to me is you absolutely should be taking a percentage if you're the one who got him that publicity. If you're like a manager, in effect, you absolutely should be p- taking a percentage, not 80%, but it could be 20-80, I think. Like, 
I'm not a manager or anything like that. I don't have clients like that. I don't work on commission or anything like that. So I can't, you know, speak from an expert perspective. But if you're going to take like revenue, like you should, like I'm not saying to fuck over Tifu. What I'm saying is he should have been taking money. He maybe he could have like a 20% and Tifu gets 80%. Like you absolutely should have been doing that. Number two, if it's in the contract that you get 80% and Tifu gets 20%, then in theory, you can enact that contract at any time. Like even if you haven't been doing that, you could enact that 80-20% without warning Tifu. Yes, Tifu signed that contract, but maybe he didn't know what he was doing. I'm not using that as an excuse. Honestly, you signed the contract, you knew what the deal was, you knew what the game was. But in theory, he can enact that contract whenever he wants. Even if he hasn't been doing it, as long as the contract is active, he could do it. Um, so that was the first thing that I didn't think was a solid defense on FaZe Bank's part that he hasn't been doing it. Because if it's in the contract, you absolutely should have been doing it. If you could have, like you absolutely should have. Um, like I don't hold anything like maybe there were some shady business tax tactics, but if he signed the contract, he read it, he knew what the game was, then you should have been taking at least a percentage. I, that doesn't seem smart business to me. But hey, I don't run a gaming organization, and he does. So what do I know? But anyway, and then he was saying that, like, you know, Tifu like, just turned 21, and there was, like, underage drinking and stuff. And when I think of underage drinking, I don't think about... 20 year olds like they claim that he was drinking alcohol when he was 20 like no one's gonna get pissed if a 20 year old is drinking alcohol in in a house mind you i don't know the entire situation he could have put himself in danger but if he's just drinking at the house because they have a house like the gaming organization has like a mansion where the gamers live at if you have a house and you're drinking in the house and you're 20 and not 21 no one is going to give a fuck. Like, no one's going to snitch on you in that case. Um, and Tifu did post a video I did watch where he said that he didn't want that in the lawsuit, but it was just put in the lawsuit by his lawyer. But when it comes to, like, uh, like 20-year-olds drinking, that's not a big deal, I don't think. Um, and then he goes on to say, Faze Banks does the leader that Tifu is clout chasing. Clout chasing meaning you just want attention, you just want notoriety. You'll do anything for notoriety, right? And I did research. The house that FaZe, Banks, and all those gamers live in is called the Clout House. Like the mansion he bought, they named it the Clout House. So all you fuckers are clout chasing. All of y'all are clout chasers. You live in the fucking Clout House. And even on the Twitter bio from FaZe Banks, his location says the Clout House. All of y'all are cloud chasers. Um, he goes on to say, like, I made you who you were. I discovered you. I gave you the platform. You were a brother to me and you snaked me. And I'm not going to dispute that. Um, from what I know, FaZe clan did make Tifu what he is. Um, they did build him up. They promoted him. All that. They, get, they put him to the spot where he is now. Um, but other than that, like, 
I don't know whose side to take here. Like, the contract hasn't been fully released, to my knowledge. Like, I don't know everything that's in the contract. And if the contract is fucked up, I don't know. Um, but Tifu is saying that the contract is fucked up. And there might be, you know, some fucked up shit in there. And people were blaming Tifu's girlfriend. <clears throat> excuse me. Whose name is Corinna. And I looked them up on Instagram. Corinna is hot. She is very attractive. Tifu, he's he's doing all right for himself as well. Um, very you know, cute Caucasian couple, the triple C. Um, and people were blaming Corinna, and I was looking at the timeline, looking at the accusations. Apparently, like Tifu brought up issues with his contract for about a year, and he's been in his contract for a year and a half, and for a year of that year and a half. He's been complaining about his contract and trying to get something done. And he just started dating Corinna like three months ago. So the fact that people are blaming Corinna, his girlfriend, who he just got, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, maybe she um, encouraged him to go with the lawsuit or she gave him some advice. But it wasn't her decision to dispute the contract if what everything is being said is true. If there's been negotiations for the past year, or at least they've been trying to make negotiations for the past year, and you just got your girlfriend like three months ago, then it can't possibly be entirely the girlfriend's fault that Tifu is bringing up this lawsuit. That doesn't make any sense. Um, the girlfriend might have had something to do with it. She might have said, yes, do it, or no, don't do it. Um, as far as I can tell through my research, Corinna is supporting Tifu as she should, you know, as a girlfriend, you should support your boyfriend and your boyfriend should support the girlfriend. That's all good. Um, so maybe she did have a say in it, but she definitely didn't have all the say in it for sure. Um, but it's a mess and there's still loose ends to be tied, but I don't know what side to take here. Like it could be like on one end, Tifu apparently snaked Face Clan. And they didn't expect a lawsuit to be coming. And they thought that Tifu was a friend and now they're not. On Tifu's side, if you're stuck in something that's fucked up and potentially illegal, then he should absolutely take action. He shouldn't be taken advantage of. But on FaZe's side, they're saying that they haven't taken any money from him other than brand deals that they gave him. And they said that Tifu earned FaZe $60,000. FaZe has made $60,000 off of someone who's been generating millions of dollars. Which again, they should have been taking a percentage of that money. I don't know why you weren't. Like, just because you're friends, like, they could have signed a business deal that gave FaZe a percentage of that money. Um, but again, what do I know? Um, but on Tifu's defense, they can enact that 80-20 split, that unfair 80-20 split. Um... At any time, at least to my knowledge. But anyway, there's another scandal. There's another scandal that we need to talk about. And it's with everyone's favorite, Jake Paul. If you don't know what Jake Paul is, he's um, not everyone's favorite, not everyone's cup of tea. He um, makes rap songs and vlogs, apparently. He um, 
was on Disney Channel, got fired from Disney Channel, has said some unsavory things, has done some unsavory things. Um, and he made a video about someone named Cody Ko. That's Cody, the typical way. And then his last name is K-O. I actually did some research and I'm going to, I'm going to do it right now just so I can, um, I can do it. Because he has a, a Wikipedia page. His name is Cody Kolajezik. I'm pretty sure. It's like um, some Scandinavian name. K-O-L-O-D-Z-I-E-J-Z-Y-K. Kolajezik, probably. Um, and they said that, or Jake said, that Cody Ko is a bully. Because what Cody Ko does on his YouTube channel is he talks about cringeworthy material on the internet and jake has been a subject of his videos so for example if cody was you know perusing the internet and he saw a video of someone let's say eating their own shit right he would he would take that video react to it and then tell his audience to not eat their own shit and then jake paul takes that as bullying he takes criticism as bullying. And this is a fundamental misunderstanding of bullying because yes, he's comedy. And yes, Cody Ko, from what I've seen is he does make fun of people. That's a given, right? So he's making fun of Jake Paul saying that Jake, what Jake Paul did is stupid XYZ. He's making fun of Jake Paul. That is correct. Um, but he is not you know, actively searching out Jake Paul to hate, Jake Paul keeps on making content that Cody Ko deems cringeworthy. And this is something that we all have to understand. Me, someone who is not popular, all the way to the popular people, if you put yourself out there, if you make a video, a song, a podcast, anything like that, you are open for criticism. It's open season on criticism. Whether it's constructive, whether it's not constructive, whether it's making fun, that's all open season, right? And Cody Ko, his videos seem more or less harmless. And what Jake brought up as examples, there was like an instance where Cody, he was talking about a guy, not Jake, but another guy, and he had Camu powder, C-A-M-U powder, and Cody said, oh, that's cum powder, like C-U-M powder. And that was a joke that Jake said was bullying. Like, this is fundamentally not bullying because you're just poking fun at something that doesn't hurt anyone in the long run. And making fun of Jake, it would be bullying. Jake, Cody Ko could potentially bully Jake if Jake was not um, anybody. If he didn't have status as an online celebrity. Because Jake Paul had more fame than Cody Ko. He had more followers, more money probably than Cody Ko. So J Cody Ko saying that Jake Paul isn't doing something right or that Jake Paul did something cringeworthy. It's not the same thing as if, you know, he was talking to a nobody, what we call punching down, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And this has been talked to before. I did my research on this also. When I could be doing research on, you know, important things like 
like theoretical physics or something like that. I could be doing more important things with my time. But I just see Twitter moments because both of these things I just talked about are Twitter moments and I go with it. Um, and Jake Paul, he made like this video confronting Cody Ko and he said that there was a guy named Jeff who I did look into. His Instagram handle is literally just Jeff, which is a power move. Um, and he mentioned that Jeff had a barbershop podcast. Let me tell you, it's not a podcast. Um, it's a show, but it's not a podcast. Anyway, so he goes on to the barbershop show. Cody does. Cody was invited to Jeff's show. Jake ambushes him because they know that they, Cody has made fun of Jake. And then Jake says, yo, you're a cyber bully. I don't like cyber bullies. You bully kids. And the way Jake says it, I don't want to make fun of anybody's intelligence. Please don't take it that way. I don't want to, I don't want to insult anybody that way. But the way he said it was as if Jake Paul was in second grade. When Jake Paul is in his early 20s, like the way he sounded, he sounded like a second grader, like who didn't fully comprehend what he was doing and he couldn't articulate why he was a cyber bully. And then Jake Paul was like, you cyber bully kids. And then Cody was like, no, I don't. You're not a kid because Jake Paul is in his 20s and he doesn't bully kids is what he was saying. And Jake Paul didn't really have a response from that. And the guy, Jeff, he just wanted publicity of it all. He got free promo from Jake Paul. So good for Jeff. Um, but it just was like a fundamental understanding of bullying. And it does bring into a broader conversation because Jake Paul could have had a thoughtful video. Maybe it would have involved Cody Co. Maybe it didn't. But he could have had a thoughtful video about bullying, about punching down. But no one, Cody doesn't punch down. And Yes, he does make fun of people, but it's never been, from what I've seen, anything extremely harmful. It's never been like, I hate this dude. It was, I hate this dude's content. I hate this dude's video. Not, I hate him specifically. And, you know, it was, it just seemed like it was like an attempt at cancellation that didn't work out. And again, I don't believe fully in cancel culture. I think we should critically think and take cancellation on a case-by-case basis. Do not blindly cancel. But it seemed like Jake Paul was trying to have like a cancellation of Cody that extremely backfired. And I looked at the video yesterday. If I was Jake Paul, I would have deleted this shit. Because the like to dislike, it was like 300,000 dislikes and like 1,000 likes. It was insane. So I would have deleted that if I was him, but he didn't, at least not last night. Um, And yeah, I was just like, we can't just force cancellation on people. People have to get canceled organically. That's how it works. Mm. I've been talking so much and drinking tea, but my tea is getting like a little bit cold, but it's still okay. We're still, we're powering through. I've been getting to like 50 minutes on these, so... We're doing good. Anyway, we have to talk. We have a couple more topics. We have to talk about Moby. I wasn't going to talk about this today. And I avoided this. It was like a Twitter moment. And Moby was trending. Moby is like a musician. I don't even know what type of music Moby makes. I know he's a bald white dude. 
And Moby said that he dated Natalie Portman when Natalie Portman was 20, he was 34. In his book. He, he admitted this in his book. That's printed for everyone to see. And Natalie Portman said, I was 18, first of all. And no, we did not date. You made that up. You lied about me in your book. And I was like, okay, Moby. I don't know exactly what um, Moby does or what type of music he does. And Moby also posted a picture of him and Natalie Portman when Moby was shirtless. And it's like an awkward fucking picture. But Moby, you did not have to do this. First of all, if you're 34, if you're 20, don't date high schoolers or 18 year olds, first of all. Don't creep on, you know, the underage. Don't do that. That's, you know, creepy shit that you should not do. But first of all, if you've done that in the past and you're not the same anymore, don't snitch on yourself. You didn't have to say that. You could have said that, like, I knew Natalie Portman when she was just starting out or something like that. You didn't have to say that I used to date Natalie Portman. Now you just look like a creep. Stop snitching on yourself. I feel like I see this on Twitter, too. Like, people snitch on themselves all the time. And it's like, why do you snitch on yourself? You don't have to do that. Why are you telling on yourself? Like, people will say, like, people will get on Twitter and describe in detail how they um, stole from the grocery store. And it's like, why are you doing that? Now people can see. The grocery stores have Twitter, too. Like... Target has Twitter. Walmart has Twitter. You think that the, the social media intern isn't going to see that? Stop snitching on yourself. Good God. But I do really hope that nothing bad happened between Moby and Natalie Portman. And the best case scenario for Moby is that he exuded creepy tendencies. And the worst case scenario is that he actually is a full-blown creep. Um... But I hope that for Natalie Portman's sake, I hope that nothing weird or bad happened um, with that. Speaking of Twitter and speaking on telling on yourselves, I saw a tweet yesterday while I was at the dentist. A girl tweeted, and I'm going to try to pull up the the screenshot for this so I can get it right. Um, but if I don't, then I fucking don't. Um, but she tweeted that Instead of asking about your first co- first zodiac sign or your favorite color, you should be talking about your trauma and how you're healing for your trauma on a first date. Mind you, this is a first date. We don't know these people that well yet on your first date. I'm trying to see if I can find it here. And it looks like it's been deleted, um, which is good for her because it was a bad tweet. Um, but she's saying that You know, instead of, you know, these small talk questions, ask about your traumatic experiences and unpack them. First of all, that is not first date material. That is not a first date question by any means. No, you're trying to make your first date cry. Why are you doing that on first date? You're still getting to know each other, having fun. Imagine you're at Applebee's or you're going bowling. You're hanging out with this girl that you really like. 
like I'm I'm picturing the girl that I have a crush on that Instagram DM me today. Um, we're going bowling, we're having fun, and then she asks you your childhood traumas. What's the most traumatic thing you went through? Tell me right now, or we're not gonna have a second date. I wouldn't want a second date. <laughs> like we're still getting to know each other. We're trying to have fun. Why you want to make me? Bring the mood down. Talking about traumatic childhood experiences. What? And then there's other tweets that are on the opposite of this spectrum. Where it's like, they think that laying down in bed is a date. No. Laying down in a bed is fine. Spending quality time is fine. That is not what a date is. A date is something planned that you do together that involves some type of travel or journey somehow. It doesn't have to be big. It could be a trip to Burger King. It could be a picnic. It could be a walk on the beach. But it's not lying down in bed and kissing or cuddling. No, that's not what a date is. Not, you, you got it fucked up. <laughs> uh, you can fight me on that. But that's not what a fucking date is. No siree, Bob. Um... But anyway, the last thing I want to do before um, we get into the podcast review is TPUSA, Turning Point USA. If you don't know about Turning Point USA, and actually, this is not the last thing I want to talk about today. Um, I just remembered. But TPUSA is a conservative organization. They do a lot of stuff on colleges. And, like, one of their main members named, like, Kyle Kashuv or Kashuv, Kyle something, I believe it's K-A-S-H-U-V. Kyle Kashuv, he's in college right now, and he said the N-word a bunch of times, like, referring to black people, like, N-word with the E-R, and this isn't surprising, because guess what? You know who else says the N-word with the E-R? Literally everyone else in TPUSA. Like, every time TPUSA has a scandal, it's because someone said the fucking N-word. Like, with an E-R. And the one black person that people know in TPUSA is Candace Owens, who famously downplayed Hitler's atrocities. And that's the only person who hasn't said the N-word. To my knowledge. Um, But TPUSA. They claim to be on the right side of history. Why is everyone in your organization fucking racist? I think you should disband. Um, But yeah, that reminded me about the abortion laws in um, the South. And I touched on this a little bit because I made um, comments about Alyssa Milano's comments a while ago. I wanted to say that I do not agree. I am pro-choice. For women, I do know that my voice isn't the same as someone who actually has the potential to go through an abortion. Like, I'm never going to have a procedure done on my body to abort. So, my voice isn't as big as someone who does have that. But, I've been seeing, you know, a lot of, you know, people, you know, bashing pro-life people and all that. And I know someone, someone who actually contacted me today. And I know someone who is pro-life. And to my knowledge, they are not a Republican. And 
uh, from people who are you know discussing this issue, a lot of times it's Democratic versus Republican. But this person I know who is pro-life doesn't. I don't think she's a Republican. Um, we're not cool like that. We're we're just like you know kind of friends. Um, and she's pro-life for religious reasons, um, as most people are. Like they're pro-life for you know Christianity, Catholicism. Like that's why they're pro-life. Um, so. She's pro-life, and for me, like, I realize that a whole lot of my my political stance and why, like, I'm a Democrat, liberal, whatever, is because I don't care what other people do as long as it's not terrible to other people, right? And I don't consider being aborting a fetus, like, something that doesn't even know it's alive, like, a fetus itself doesn't know that the fetus is alive. That's what I'm trying to say. But I don't think that's especially harmful if it's done properly to the women, right? Uh, as long as it's not, like, some shady shit. And we know that people will get abortions even if it's outlawed. They'll just do it in a more dangerous way. And for me, like, I don't care. That's And that's, like, a lot of my political opinions are I don't care about what you do. As long as it's good for you and you're not hurting other people. And for this particular instance, like I like or I should explain a little bit, like I don't care what you do. Like I do care what other people do when it is bad towards other people like migrant children being trapped in cages at the border between the United States and Mexico. That's when I care. Just to clarify. But for this person that I know, she's pro-life. Because of um, religious reasons, but it actually pains her to see aborted babies. Like when you see like aborted fetuses, like those pictures on the internet of like an aborted fetus, like that causes her pain. Like she feels so bad for those aborted fetuses. And for me, like I don't feel anything because I don't care that fetus just was like nothing a few days ago. And I just, and I don't think that people like want abortions. Like people aren't getting abortions for fucking fun. But um, I just don't care. Like it's up to you. Like you do it, get it done with. If you don't want it, then you don't have to do it. But it causes her pain in that instance to um, see those aborted fetuses or to know that abortions are happening causes her pain. And again, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure she's not um, a Republican. And this isn't a partisan issue in this case, in this specific case with this person. It's just like her own feelings. And it's like people who are pro-life aren't inherently bad people. I think a lot of them are like my friends slash acquaintance who feel bad that this is happening to babies and to women. It causes them emotional distress. Some people don't give a fuck. Some people are anti-abortion, but they don't give a fuck about you. Like, a lot of these lawmakers don't give a fuck about you. But a lot of these people who are pro-life are not necessarily bad people. And that's something that I'm trying to keep in mind when having these these discussions. Not just with pro-choice or pro-life, but with other things as well. Is that some things you are definitely a bad person. Like, people being racist means you're bad. But when it comes to something like pro-choice or pro-life, where it's heavily emotional... It's not always coming from the point of view of a bad person. 
Um, and I think specifically with this case, but with other cases as well, a smattering of other cases politically, I'm trying to be more mindful that not everyone's a bad person. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to be as like not problematic as possible, like in my life, but also as I'm talking right now. But um, yeah, it's just not everyone's a bad person. And just something I'm trying to think about and be more conscious of. And the last thing that we're going to talk about today is the podcast review. And today we're doing a popular podcast, at least to my knowledge. I was going through like the comedy charts um, and just seeing like what were the top podcast comedy charts on uh, Apple Podcasts on iTunes. And one of them was called Girls Gotta Eat, which is by two comedians. Um, I believe their names are Raina and Ashley. And so it's two hosts and they're friends. They're comedians. Like when I say comedians, I mean like professional comedians. Not like they just call themselves comedians, but like they actually tell jokes for a living. Um, and, you know, they talk about love and sex and relationships. Um, they take advice or they give advice. They take questions. They have guests on some episodes and on some episodes they don't. And when I was listening to Girls Gotta Eat, um, I was, you know, and it was entertaining. I think that, you know, they have good chemistry. The hosts have good chemistry. They tell jokes. Um, I do think that I don't know if this is like the proper um, recollection, recollection of the what they actually said. But they didn't mention that most of the the fan base is girls and women, Um, which is fine. Like, that's perfectly fine. I'm just not... Like, some of the things are not for me. They're for women and girls, specifically. Um, But it's definitely funny. There's definitely, like... They tell stories about guys they had sex with, people they've dated, their friends' ex-boyfriends, their, you know, exes, all that stuff. It's a bunch of, like, fun, real-life stories. Um, And that's, you know, the beauty of podcasts. Like, you could just tell stories about people who you wouldn't know generally and you just learn about someone else's life that you wouldn't have beforehand like with regular tv with all that stuff you just you know you see the famous actors the famous movie stars and you maybe know some of their their personal lives but not a lot but with a podcast like you get to see like regular people sometimes famous people um but you get to see different people's perspectives not just what you see on tv And especially with the internet and Instagram and Twitter and the fact that lots of people have podcasts, you get to learn about so many different things and so many different perspectives. Um, So they were giving like advice about dating, about friendships, relationships. Not all of the advice I would take personally. um, But again, some of the advice is not for me. It's for women and girls. Um, But it's definitely funny, definitely entertaining. Um, They talk about... You know, other people's relationships. They had a guest on who was like the host of Top Chef Canada um, and talk about her relationship with her husband and like sex that they've had and sex that they didn't have, sex that they want to have. Um, it's a it's a fun podcast. I can see why it's the top of the comedy charts right now in iTunes. It was really fun. Um, they do have like Instagrams that are like there's like bros being basic is one of the Instagrams that the host runs. And one of them was like one hungry Jew, I believe. Um, and those Instagrams, I took a quick look. They seem fun too. Um, but it's just a fun podcast. It's just two friends mostly, sometimes three friends. You know, just shooting the shit but talking about sex. I give it a solid 
8 out of 10. Um, But yeah, that's all. Thank you for listening. Please be safe. Rate five stars. Love you. Good night. Goodbye. Good morning. Bye.